people with your host, Dennis Beard. We've been talking about sailing God's people. We had a visitation January the 19th, 2019. Uh, they're in Transmara, Kenya, Africa, where the Lord said, Seal my people by my word. As the angel ascending from the east heaven to seal the living God, so send I you. We have designed the podcast in obedience to the commandment of God. That it is the last of the last days. We're talking about the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7. Sealing the servants of our God in their foreheads. That's a new thing that God is doing. He is preparing his body, the church right now, for the work of the ministry. It's a Jesus ministry. And he's been long-suffering until he receives the rain, the former and the latter rain. The former rain, we know, was the book of Acts. There, in Acts, the second chapter, suddenly there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind, cloven tongues of fire appeared and sun on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. But this is far greater. It's unto perfection. It's the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. And he gave gifts unto man. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the work of the ministry. This is for the perfecting of the saints. Coming unto perfection are the only ones that's going to be used for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. That is epigonosco. Not gnosco, just knowing Jesus after the Spirit and not after the flesh but to know Jesus in fullness unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ, being grown up into him in all things, all things of faith that were not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. One of the things that must happen is sanctification. Sanctification, for God has perfected forever them by one offering, them that are sanctified. Sanctification is to sanctify ourselves wholly, both spirit, soul, and body, that we may be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord. And the Lord, we said in Matthew 5, a commandment, be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now we have a doctrine going through the nominal church world that as long as you're in the flesh, you can't be perfect. But that's not the case. We find that Noah was perfect in his generation. We find that God stated that Job was a man that feared God, eschewed evil, and was perfect in all his ways. We find that Noah, Daniel, and Job were considered perfect by God. They didn't consider themselves perfect but they were walking in the present light of the word. They were walking in obedience to the commandments of God. Therefore, the new thing that God is doing. Jeremiah 31 verse 22 states that God said, I'll do a new thing. Something that's never, ever been done before. Uh, that woman shall compass a man. How can a woman compass a man? Well, we find that in Revelation 12. I saw a great wonder in heaven. Here's a sign, a sign to the people. A wonder in heaven, 
a woman clothed with a sun, a moon and under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars, crying, travailing, and paying to be delivered. Now, resisting her is a great red dragon, not the serpent, not the scorpion, but the highest onslaught of hell that will be in the last days as the body of Christ, the church, will face the great red dragon. However, the great red dragon will be cast out of heaven, Satan himself, by Michael Archangel, coming down to earth having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. And he will go after the woman that brought forth the man-child caught up to God into his throne. That woman is compassing that man right now. There's birth pains going through the church. That is the new thing. It is the new wine, not the old wine, not Pentecost, not the former rain, but it is the latter rain that is coming upon the final work of the ministry for the last day harvest of souls with the gospel of the kingdom being preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. God is preparing that now. But it's through sanctification. We find in 1 Peter 4, verse 1, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, be ye therefore likewise minded, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Ceased from sin? Yes. Through the fire of the Holy Ghost. Those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust, that they should no longer live in the desires of the flesh. But there's many things that we think, and small, the little foxes that spoil the vine, that we think we can get away with. Speaking behind and lying and tail-bearing, discord among the brethren, various things that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, are you still not yet carnal? Because there be divisions. There's these divisions and backbitings, hate, envy, strife, malice one toward another. Are you still not yet carnal? And we know that Paul stated that to be carnally minded is death. Even though one will have the Holy Ghost being filled with the Spirit of Christ. Yet, if we don't obey, not a hear of the word, but a doer of the word, then we deceive ourselves. Double-mindedness, that man will not receive anything from God. Therefore, it requires sanctification, which is crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, and only those will be counted worthy in the last day work of the ministry, preaching this everlasting gospel all the world for a witness in all nations, and then the end will come. This is so imperative. What is sanctification? If any man speak, let him speak the oracles of God. Let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay. Whatsoever cometh more than this, Jesus said, is sin. Well, then who can make it? Who will be counted worthy? Therefore, the work of the ministry. Unto 
the perfecting of the saints in Ephesians 4.12. Well, God has given a fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, full grown, not newborn babes that desire the sincere miracle of the word they may grow thereby that are unskillful in the word of righteousness. Hebrews 5. For only those that are of full age having their senses exercised thereby, that can, they can discern both good from evil. Well, let's see what brings forth. We're seeing the earth with a great curse. We're seeing that thrones, dominions, principalities and powers, working rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, literally coming into the nations now. All the wicked becoming wick, wickeder, the ships of Tarshish making many rich through the abundance of her delicacies and all that thy soul lusted after. These are all after money, mammon. But the people of God that do know their God during this time of darkness, great darkness upon the earth and gross darkness cover the people. Yet the people of God will be strong and do exploits, exploitations, things that have never been done before. Well, what are some of the things that we must and we're exhorted by the Lord Jesus Christ himself along with the, with the prophets and the apostles that we must set aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us? Looking under Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, being confident of this very thing, confident of this very thing, that he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it to the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. What are these things? If you take a look at Isaiah 24, Isaiah tells us that righteousness, just as it states in the book of Proverbs, righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Well, what exalts a nation? Righteousness. Well, what is righteousness? It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, not just being right, not a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word and walking in the present truth as he is in the light. If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another, blood flow. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But we go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. We have constantly have to be growing up into him in all things. And those things are the things of faith. If we don't, then we're backsliding. If, for in other words, we're in the season of tabernacles now, in a new season, and we're still looking for a Pentecostal move and thinking that we're going back to the former reign again, then we deceive ourselves, not realizing that there is a new thing that God is showing and revealing now to those that have an ear to hear. It is imperative that we walk in the light as he's in the light, going from faith to faith, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, we start out as newborn babes. They're unskillful in the word of righteousness. They are truly born again of the water and the Spirit, and born of the water and the Spirit, according to John 3, that Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how is a man that is old enter the second time into his mother's womb? Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. 
except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, the keys were given to Peter, Matthew 16. It's the revelation of Christ. It is the revelation that we must, the revelation of Jesus Christ, that God gave unto him to show unto his servants, the servants of God, that will be sealed in their foreheads through the word of God. We find it in Revelation 1, verse 1. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith. Now, we've been earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That was a Pentecostal truth in present truth at that time. But now it's far greater. To whom much is given, much is required. We have way more knowledge then than they did back then. And we're supposed to be further along than the Pentecostal move in Acts the second chapter. Why? Because we're growing up into him, Jesus, in all things. Unto perfection. That we be not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Through these uh, devils and the Satan himself, transforming himself into an angel of light. These deceivers uh, going to uh, women's widows' houses, uh, leading captive women's laden with their sins. They are deceptive. There is uh, the lying deceitfulness. And uh, the last days, we are told in 1 Timothy 4.1 that the Spirit speaketh expressly, without a shadow of a doubt, that in the last days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to these deceiving spirits, to these uh, deceiving spirit doctrines of devils, and seducing spirits. What? Forbidding to marry, abstaining from each which God is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Well, we're seeing this happen now. Disobedient parents, unthankful, un unholy, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, denying the power thereof. But the little foxes spoil the vine. It's not enough that we literally try to do our best, but we have to obey the Holy Ghost. We have to yield our members as obedience unto righteousness. For whosoever we yield our members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom we obey. And only the servants of God are going to be sealed in their foreheads. Those are servants of God. So they have obeyed unto righteousness, Romans 6. While the others in carnal mindedness, thinking that they're right with God, that they were newly born babes, but did not go on in present truth and grow up. The children of the kingdom will be cast out. He expects us to come to the measure of the stature of Jesus Christ unto perfection, fully mature, for Jesus is coming back to a church without spot or blemish, perfect in all her ways, a glorious church. Well, we think, well, we've joined a church, we're on the roll, we give tithes of all that we possess and fast twice a week, and therefore we're okay. But we're not walking in the light as he's in the light. So therefore, since the little foxes spoil the vine, well, what are they? We find that Isaiah tells us in uh, 
the precarious position that we're in now in the nations, uh, having darkness over them, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, the ships of Tarshish, and those merchant men being made rich through the abundance of our delicacies, all that the soul lusted after. We find in Isaiah 24 and verse 3. We'll take a look at verse 2. And it says, The Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste, and turneth it upside down, and scattereth the, abroad the inhabitants of there. Verse 2. And it shall be as with the people, so with the priest. Think of that we're right. As with the servant, so also with his master. As with the maid, so also with her mistress. As with the buyer, so also with the seller. As with the lender, so with the borrower. As with the taker of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. Verse 3, the land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled. For the Lord has spoken this word. Why? Well, it tells us so. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. Why? Verse 5 gives us the answer. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. Not because of the devil, because of our disobedience. Following the things that are not of God, but of the flesh. Because they have transgressed the laws. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is now for the believer. But we have to obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, it's called iniquity, lawlessness. We have changed the ordinance, broken the everlasting covenant, which the covenant to the people is Jesus Christ, keeping what he said, his commandments, which are not grievous. Obedience in all things. Therefore, verse 6, the curse has devoured the earth. The curse? Notice in Malachi 4, he sends two witnesses. Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. He, this is restoration, he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now there's the curse. Well, what is that? Well, you have two, Moses and Elijah. Well, somebody said, well, that's the two witnesses of Revelation 11. Well, it's the spirit of Moses. It's the spirit of Elijah. And that will be the body of Christ as the two witnesses. When we find in Matthew 17 on the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus is transfigured, and he brings with him Peter, James, and John, only a remnant of the 12, not all 12, but only the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. As they go up into that mountain apart, there, Peter, James, and John sees Jesus along with Moses and Elijah. Why? Because this is a time of transfiguration. This is a time where Jesus' face is going to shine as, shine as the sun in righteousness. His garments will be gleaming. It's literally 
what he has done there with the body of Christ is the woman clothed with that same sun, the moon and under her feet, upon her head a crown of 12 stars. There's a sun, moon, and the stars, which are for what? Signs, seasons, days, and years on the fourth day of creation. What does that mean? It means that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the only true God in eternal life, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, Jesus, that spirit expects us, commands us to come to the measure of his stature that he has already given us the power to do. And that is essential for the sealing of Revelation 7. No one else will be sealed. Only the servants of God that have yielded their members as servants in obedience unto righteousness. Righteousness is coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. Or to be carnally minded is death, where we yield our members as servants of sin unto death. The choice is ours. The leading of the Holy Ghost is imperative, essential. It is a necessity. When we see what the works of this flesh is, we saw in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul said, you're still carnal. To be carnally minded is death. You have divisions among you. Malice, envy, strife, hate. You know what you see in most denominations, and that's the reason why we will come out of these heresies, out of the denominations into one body with one Lord, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. All speaking the same things in the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith is essential for the body of Christ to work in the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4.12. Let's see what qualifications are. Well, it's very simple. The qualifications are they've had apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Number one, perfecting, walking in the light as he's in the light. In present truth. The new thing, not Pentecost, but tabernacles. Not Pentecostals, but tabernacleists. They're knowing and knowing what the new thing is. They are prepared by the word of God. They're sealed by the word. And that is the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto us to show unto his servants, the ones that are sealed, things which must shortly come to pass. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. This is now, the words of the book of this prophecy is only through the spirit of prophecy. It can't be done through a denomination. It can't be done by studying Greek, Hebrew, Latin, Chaldee, whatever the case is, Hebrew. It is only through the leading of the Holy Ghost, through the spirit of Christ in you, the hope of glory. There is no other way. Therefore, we need to know what the works of the flesh are. What are they? What are these works that disqualify men? That these that do those, these things, Paul said, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Well, we take a look at uh, uh, in Corinthians. It tells us to be carnally minded there. In verse 10, uh, chapter 10, I'm sorry, verse 5, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We know that. They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strong host. Take a look at verse 5. Now, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing 
that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity, what? Every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We don't look on the outward appearance, Paul goes on and says. What are these things? Well, we find the works of the flesh in Galatians 5. He tells us exactly what the works of the flesh are. The works are listed for us, and it tells us the fruit of the Spirit. It's not just that you can work in a deliverance ministry. It's not that you can bring forth a word to someone but it's the life you live behind that word. That is the obedience. Not a hear of the word, but a do of the word. Of the word. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you, the things of faith. They've already been freely given. Jesus has paid the price and given us the power to overcome. Well, he lists those things. Paul says, I want you to know what the works of the flesh are. And he lists those in Galatians 5, verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? The first thing he mentions is adultery. Adultery that can be physical and spiritual. He that looketh on a woman, that lusteth after her, has already committed adultery with her in the heart. Then there's all kinds of things. Pornography. We're thinking that's okay. Well, it's one of the biggest uh trillion billion dollar industries in the world that the lust of the flesh, the pride of life and the lust of the eyes and all that love the world that cannot love God. If you love the world, you're not, you do not love God for all that's of the world. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh and the world passed away with the lust thereof, but whosoever doeth the will of God shall abide forever. It requires obedience. It requires sanctification. It requires keeping your vessel unto honor meet for the master's use. As a vessel unto honor, if we purge ourselves from these uh, dead works. And he says the first thing is adultery. Well, we can be adultery by simply not following the true gospel of Jesus Christ. There are so many different denominations in the world, and each one has their own chisms, catechisms, and doctrines and apologetics of what they believe is the revelation of Christ. Trinity doctrine versus a binitarian doctrine versus a oneness doctrine versus a Jesus-only doctrine. But there will only be one doctrine in truth that will be manifest in the last days. God that was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. There's ones that were seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up in the glory. This godliness that you had to add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, the God life. It's a progression in sanctification. And he has perfected forever them, forever by one offering to them that are sanctified. Now, see, there's a condition there. We have to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust. So the first thing is adultery. Second is fornication. The third is uncleanness. That means that we're to have clean hands walk circumspectly with the Lord our God. Obedience in all things. 
lasciviousness. Well, that's unlawful affections. Idolatry. Well, I had not known idolatry, save the law said, thou shalt not covet. If I covet something more than God, and I'll talk about more in the world than I do in God, and I don't speak the oracles of God, my heart's on those things for all the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And most of the time, it's worldly things. A new boat, a new house, a new car, a new this, new that, whatever the case is. Fame, fortune. This, even though we're to seek the first, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's sanctification holy. All these other things will be added to you. But very few do that. Well, now we have idolatry simply by coveting, coveting something more than God. Witchcraft. Well, what's the sin of witchcraft? Disobedience is a sin of witchcraft. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Well, we have witchcraft. People running churches that literally pastor it, but as not an ensemble to the flock, but literally ruling over them in the doctrine of the laity. Then we have hatred. There's so much hatred. Hatred because the whites against the blacks, against uh, different uh, ethnic groups or whatever the case is. Well, that will certainly is a little fox that will spoil the vine. Variance. No matter what is said, we're at variance with it. If they say it's black, no, we say it's white. If we say it's red, and we say, no, it's yellow. No matter what the case is, they have to be leaders. They have to have their way or no way. Emulations. It's not where we're following Jesus and obedience to him. We emulate or copy somebody. We become an echo of the voice rather than the true voice there of Christ speaking through you. We have so many emulations. And we have cookie quarter, cookie cutter <laughs> seminaries. Yeah, this is what you do. And uh, don't worry about what you read in the Word of God. Just we're going to tell you what to say, what to speak, what to do when you're behind the pulpit. A cookie cutter religion. Rather than going on into the new thing, into the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man, unto sanctification, holy, both spirit, soul, and body, to be presented at the day of the Lord. Well, there's emulations. Wrath. That wrath. Uh, a root of bitterness spring up in you. Many therewith be defiled. The wrath that, that causes the wrath, strife, striving one against the other. Seditions, heresies, heresies of nominations, boundaries between the body of Christ. Heresies are various denominations. A particular brand or belief in that esoteric group. Then you have envyings. They want what someone else has. Murders. Somebody said, well, I didn't kill anybody, but we spiritual murder every day. When we, I've had false brethren come in the ministry, lie like a dog, and literally try to destroy the ministry. False brethren, perils of false brethren. Well, that's part of it. Jesus had the same in his day. They even called him Beelzebub. But a true minister will not strike back. Let God be the judge, and he will judge uh, the adversary, the enemy. We judge nothing before the time. 
Then there's drunkenness. What is that? Not just on inebriation of alcohol. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be you filled with the Spirit. But that drunkenness is not on the wine of the Holy Ghost. The oil is the truth. That wine, the Holy Ghost wine there, is the rhema walking in that light in obedience. And when we don't do that, it's drunkenness. And that's the reason Joel 1, God reproaches the church and admonishes there, awake you drunkards and howl. For the new wine is cut off from you. The new thing, the flow of the Holy Ghost in present truth is eluding you. You don't know it. You're drunken. You, it's passing you right on by because you're not sober. You're not vigilant. You're not diligently seeking the Lord your God. And it's called drunkenness, revelings, and such like. What did Paul say? Of the which I tell you before as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things, not things of faith, but of the flesh, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, my goodness. Well, he says over there again that uh, we're to take on the whole armor of God. Uh, take a look at Colossians. And in the third chapter, again, sanctification. Colossia, there, uh, he literally states again, mortify, therefore, your members, the members of your flesh, this fleshly lust of the world, that the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, that world. Any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of God's not in him. Well, you find that in Colossians 3, verse 5. Paul again says, this is what you've got to do. We all have to mortify, therefore, our members, the members of our flesh, which are upon the earth. We're setting our affections on the things above, not on things of the earth, but on the things above. But these, no, they're on the things of the earth. And he calls again, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, unlawful affections. This is evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which saying, the, the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. And he says, in which also you walked in some time, but now you lived in them, but now you put off all these. What, these are the little foxes, but very few think about it. Which is what? Anger. Do you get angry? Well, be angry and sin not, but anger rests in the bosom of fools. Wrath. You, you not against the things of the world in a righteous indignation, but in the earthly sense. Let's own dissension, not peace, but literally walking in anger, and strife. Notice he says blasphemy, literally disesteeming the things of God, knocking pastors, knocking the people of God, knocking the ministers, knocking the word, and literally filthy communication coming out of your mouth. You cuss. Somebody said, well, we didn't say cussing is, is bad. Yes, it is. That's filthy communication. Things that do not become the Holy Ghost. Things are not a becoming to the Holy Ghost. Cussing, using the name of the Lord in vain. When a man does that, through the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And any time these things are present, cussing, swearing, not speaking the oracles of God, then the devil 
through these various thrones and dominions, not only in the earth, but the principalities and powers then have have a right, a legal right to come in and oppress the believer. And if he continues in that, we'll possess them, even though they have the Holy Ghost. They haven't spoken in tongues. They have not built up their most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost daily. But literally allowing in their spirit the things of the world to get in there. And when it does, these little foxes spoil the vine. The vine is Christ. The cares of this world. Deceitfulness of riches choke the word. It becomes unfruitful. It doesn't bear the fruit of the Spirit. There's no love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance against that there is no law, Galatians 5.22. It becomes where it is a mechanical operation to go to church. And it's simply because if a man walks around and cusses daily, that man's heart will not be right with God. And it opens the door. Filthy communication coming out of the mouth. Somebody said, well, that's a little thing. No, it's a big thing. It's these little foxes that spoil the vine. If any man speak, let him speak the oracles of God. Jesus said, let your yea be yea and your nay, nay. Whatsoever cometh more than this is sin. And sin, a sinner that practices sin, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So let us lay aside off of superfluity and filthiness of the flesh, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith literally crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust. This is a thing that we must do to come into perfection. Again, that holiness without which no man shall see the Lord is required. And it's only through obedience unto righteousness that we do that. And it's in our power through the Holy Ghost to literally do the will of God. If we do not do the will of God in obedience, Jesus said there in Matthew 7, not all are saying to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. Because you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Then many will profess unto Jesus, Lord, we've cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works in your name. We've cast out devils in your name. We have prophesied in your name. We've done all these things. Jesus didn't say, no, you didn't. You see, it's not just deliverance that you do. But it's the obedience that you do. In that the devils are subject to you through the name of Jesus, rejoice not, but rejoice inasmuch as your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the foundation of the world. Well, there, through obedience, it will never be blotted out. But if we sin willfully, it's a Hebrew 6, and it is blotted out, crucifying afresh again the Son of God, there remaineth no room for repentance because we crucify again afresh the Son of God. So we put our hands to the plow. Let's be circumspect. Let's be diligent. Not looking back. For he that looketh back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Well, we'd love to hear from you. God's doing a new thing. Tune into the podcast. We've got some new things coming out. And all for you. We'll have uh, the e-books that will be coming out very soon. Keep tuning in. God's doing a new thing. Be a part of it. Be a part of the thing that God is doing unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. There, the gospel of the kingdom being preached into all the world. You're called for Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.